fear no one. You will notice that one of the themes which our Lord develops throughout the course of his earthly life is this movement from fear to peace. And he has various reasons why we should have peace even in the world and why we should not fear worldly things, secular things. And today the Lord just gives us three reasons. The first reason why we do not need to fear the things of the world or fear the people of the world is because of the omniscience of God, the all-knowing nature of God. There's a temptation when we are afflicted, when we are given a cross, that we think, well, God does not know what I am going through. And our Lord immediately rejects that notion. He says, not even a sparrow falls to the ground without our Father's knowledge. God is an all-knowing God. He's aware of all things. So he's aware even of our strife, even of our tribulation. But if God were only aware of what was going on, but did not care, it would give us no confidence. And so that's the second temptation when we are in the midst of adversity, when we are in the midst of affliction, to say, well, God maybe knows about it, but he does not care. And our Lord refutes that notion. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? So do not be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. Or as Peter says in his letter, cast all your cares upon God because God cares for you. Ultimately, God gives us crosses or permits us to have crosses because he knows ultimately that it is only when we are carrying the cross that certain virtues tend to develop within our life. So every cross which we receive is ultimately for the glory of God and for the sanctification of our own soul. It is when we are carrying the cross that we learn those virtues of obedience, of humility, of complete and utter dependence upon God and abandonment to the divine will and to divine providence. In prosperity, we tend to forget about God. We were like Israel in the Old Testament. When things were going well, they went off the rails, and then they would face adversity, and they would turn back. And so that is why God permits us crosses. The cross is not supposed to be the instrument of defeat in your life. It's supposed to be the ladder by which you climb, climb to holiness and to sanctity and to a closer relationship with God. So God knows all of our tribulations, and he cares. And so if he gives us a cross or if he permits us to have a cross, it is ultimately for our own good, for the sanctification of our soul. And then our Lord goes into the third reason why we should not fear things of the world. And then he also tells us what in fact we should fear. He says, do not be afraid of those who cannot kill the body, but rather fear the one who can kill both the body and the soul in Gehenna. Gehenna was a burning trash heap outside of Jerusalem. It's the image which our Lord uses for hell. And so the only thing we should fear then is separation from God. And the only thing which ultimately can separate us from God post-baptism is what we famously call mortal sin. And mortal sin, it comes from the letter of John. He talks about sin ad mortalum. Literally sin leading to death or sin unto death. And what happens with mortal sin is in baptism, we receive the divine life within us. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit. We have a child after mass who will become a temple of the Holy Spirit and will receive the divine nature in their soul. And you begin then to partake of the divine life. 
The same life which the saints and angels have in heaven, immediately following baptism, we begin to partake of that in faith, in hope, and in charity through sanctifying grace. The medievals used to call sanctifying grace, that divine life, the seed of glory, because it's an apt description of the spiritual life. In baptism, we receive the seed of eternal life, and then that seed should grow. We should nourish it. We should feed it. We should cultivate it by receiving the sacraments, by praying, by receiving blessings and sacramentals. We should prune it with penance, and ultimately it should bear forth the fruit of eternal life. So the life which begins here on earth after baptism is brought to fulfillment in the kingdom of heaven. And what mortal sin is then is essentially what we do is we turn away from God in such a way that we destroy the divine life within us. That seed of eternal life which God gave us, which should lead to heaven, we destroy, we kill. Sin ad mortalum. We've killed the life of the soul which is God's nature within us. And so our Lord is saying that's ultimately all you need to fear. Only you can turn away from God and put yourself in a situation in which the divine life, the precious life given to you is lost. That alone you should fear. Because if you are in a state of grace, if you are in a state in which you are in friendship with God, then you need not fear adversity because it's working for your sanctification. You need not even fear death because at death life is changed, not ended. It is the entrance to eternal life for those who die in the friendship of God. And so that alone is precious. That is the precious pearl given to us by God, which we should hold on to, which we should cling to. And if perchance we lose it, then we must go to the sacrament of confession, trusting in the goodness of God, trusting in the mercy of God, trusting always that God desires for us to be saved, and he will once again, in the abundance of his mercy through the blood of Christ, restore us to a state of grace. So we need not fear anything in the world at the end of the day. The only thing we have to fear is really ourselves, us turning away from God. That alone is what we must not lose.